Anyway, I uh, welcome to Dong City. I'm Vince Mercandetti, alongside <laughs> quarantined Henry Maldonado. Um, this is what our ninth edition, Henry. Uh, I think it's ten. Oh, ten! Lucky ten. All right. Uh, we, as everyone knows, are Yankee fans. We are joined this time by Brian Burns. And Brian, you are our first non-Yankee fan since uh, the first show, I think, to join the show. So very distinguished honor. How are you doing tonight? Good. You know, I forgot to tell you guys. So I got into baseball in 1999. So I was, uh, I was 10. And uh, for three years, all I knew is that the Yankees go to the World Series. That's all I knew about baseball is that the Yankees are in the World Series every year. And I just was like, I'll look back. I remember buying my first Beckett um, magazine and uh, Mariano Rivera was on the front. And I just thought like every Yankee at that time in 98 was the greatest Yankee of all time because that's, they just won the World Series. So they were like, that's not an incorrect assessment though. Yeah. Well, thankfully, as the years go on, I learned that 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 Yankee team was just a very special team. It wasn't the the standard. It was just a a blimp in history. It's funny you mention that because my dad growing up, he grew up in the 50s and 60s. And he really thought it was a rule that it's the Yankees automatically in the World Series and they play the second best team. Because back then there weren't even postseason it was just the world series so it's like literally every year the Yankees were in it and then they're just playing someone else and usually they won but sometimes they didn't so yeah it's a rite of passage but welcome to the show that's that's part of what we wanted to start off with is now you you are a Cubs fan and I always find this fascinating right because Henry and I just by luck of our age group first few years we're following baseball our team is winning constantly um something no one's seen since, really, is the four titles in five years. You as a Cubs fan, it's like the complete opposite for you, your dad, his, his dad at like three generations. But now you, you have had this run of relevance in the World Series title more recently than the Yankees. What, like, what is that like to transition when you're just conditioned to not win anything and then all of a sudden you're like the new kid on the block and you're winning? Right. Well, so I'm going to give you – forgive me for my long answer, but I came into the fan during the Sammy Sosa era, right? right? So, like, you know, games, they might not have win, but, boy, two, three-run home runs and, you know, maybe a, a play here or two, and you're like, hey, we didn't win, but that's a good day. You know, that's entertaining. Or, you know, you or you know what I love about baseball, I don't like about football, is you could win – you could lose 104, but those 50 days, you could hit a walk-off grand slam, you could – you know, you could play like you're the best team in the league. So for me, I got, I kind of got in that like little battle, little, little victories mode, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's some blips in the 2000, 2003. I was a freshman in high school and I just, and my teammates stayed that year. So I kind of thought that the Cubs after 2003 were just going to start like being good, you yeah. know? I just kind of thought that that, and then you don't get good till 2007 and eight. And that was kind of like seven was a shock. But it's over before it starts, really. 2008, best team in baseball all year. Then you get shut out or swept by the um, by the Dodgers. Um, and then you go from when I was in college to I literally became a LeBron James and Alabama fan because I was like, sports is supposed to be fun. I was like, I need something else to like – something to root for that I know is going to give me excitement at some point because, you know, the Carl's Marmel years and, you know, I just it, – it was just, you know, you would watch for like – little victories again but you know as you're, you're as I'm older you kind of want more out of your baseball team but you used to you used to ride the wave and then um these last three years man I mean it's easy to get 
spoiled really quick. Yeah. You know, I mean, 2016, we were beating every team by like 10 runs. You know, if we're down by four, we'll be up by seven in the next inning. Like yeah. it just, you know, it, it, it goes on and on. And then, you know, with, with the batch of players, I mean, you find yourself getting frustrated more easier than you did when they were bad, yep. you know? And it's crazy how it works. And I think a lot of Cup fans are kind of suffering from an identity crisis of how should we watch baseball? Because we're so used to like having one, it's one end of the spectrum or the other. It's not that middle ground the Cubs never really had. And right. I think now we're kind of struggling with that. So it's weird. It's weird. But I mean, obviously it's fun and the ride and all that stuff. But um, I'm, I'm sure by a bunch of Cardinal fans. And they said, my best friend is a Cardinal fan. And he said that, you know, once you win one, the rest is just you could watch baseball how it's supposed to be watched. And I really took that to heart. Yeah. How, you know, it is, I mean, it seemed life or death because of the, of the drought, but now once the drought's over, yeah, you want more titles. Yeah. We didn't expect five players to drop off, you know, from their development like they have, but you know, there's a reason why I named my dog Baez, you know, <laughs> it's, it's just, you know, there's just, there's moments that, I mean, I mean, the regular season moments that I'll, you know, I mean, I say I'll never forget, but I probably will. But, you know, it's just little moments that in this three or four year stretch that you're just like, damn, that's cool. You know, and I can't imagine that being a Yankee fan or a Cardinal fan where you get that for 20 years, every year. Every year. <clears throat> well, we are, uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about that, I'm sure, in part tonight. Yeah. Um, Start for the wrong answer, but that's just. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's exactly, exactly what I think we were looking for. I'm always interesting, interested in, I'm sure you can relate, Henry, getting perspective from other fan bases, right? Because no, and, and that's why I wanted to do this too, because, you know, you only get the Midwestern fan base perspective, you know, like I could talk yeah. to other people with different opinions, but we all kind of are around the same kind of players and all that, you know, exposed to the same stuff. So it's like, it, it's cool to hear outside perspective, you know, the East yeah. Coast. We need to also let Brian know he totally dropped the ball on naming his dog there. <clears throat> the name you were supposed to give the dog was Javi. Javi, you know, after I did that, that's what someone said. Is they shouldn't, have, but I just the last two years, I just I said my son or my dog is going to be named Baez, <laughs> and so uh, yeah, I I realize I don't want to admit that, but I I did realize I could have called him Javi, and it would have been as easy to say and whatever. But hey. I can't I, I was once I've decided on something I'm decided on something so you know there you go no worries yeah. you got the job done at least I yeah. um so premise of this show as, as we had talked about earlier we are going to talk about role players of the 21st century we're choosing 2000 as kind of that litmus point um I think mm -hmm. just based on prior conversation before the show started we're gonna have a pretty interesting list we're both taking that we're all taking seven players Mm -hmm. And we're just going to kind of throw them out there, say why they're on your list. We'll talk about them a little bit if anyone has anything notable to add. And then we'll kind of go from there. So, Henry, uh, why don't you start this off? And it doesn't have to be in any sort of order. It's not like favorite to least favorite. Just if they're on your list, it's for a reason. And then we can kind of discuss them. Henry, why don't you start off with your first? I'm going to go with a guy that's currently playing. And um, <clears throat> he was on the WBC team, and this kid is real exciting. Uh, Kike Hernandez from the Dodgers. Okay. I just think he's one of those guys who's not a star, but he does a lot of things right. He seems to get big hits at the right time. Real fun, real energetic. He's just a ball of energy. And one of those quote-unquote clubhouse guys. So, yeah. Our first guy is Kike Hernandez. Nice. Yeah. I, he had a big home run one of those postseasons, right? That's my only memory of him. 
he had a couple big hits. Um, that's what I'm saying. He's one of those guys that you know he's not a big star, but he, he just has a knack for the hit. Yeah, that's a that's a standard role player in today's age. You don't you don't see that a lot in the past where they can play like seven positions and hit. <laughs> Usually they have to play that with with the glove instead. Um, Brian, you probably see Kike more than than we do, being that he's in the NL. Any notable moments with Cubs? Uh, yeah, he hit three home runs to finish us off in 2017, I believe. That'll do it. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's you know, I, you know, you know, and that was right around the time that you know uh, Drake had that Kiki. Do you love me? And it was just oh. like, <laughs> you, Kiki. <laughs> but I mean, the Cubs were done by that time. But it was just like. Who is this guy? You know, and yeah, I didn't even honestly I never even heard of him until he was Dodger, and now he—I mean—he seems to be doing quite well for himself. Yeah, he's, he's in that he's, Dodger factory of utility players too, right? Like Chris Taylor, then Max Muncy, yeah, They seem to just churn those guys out modern day. Like one a year always has a huge season, and then like the next year he goes to his normal career norms. Mm-hmm. So good, good start though. Um, Brian, who's your first? Okay, hold on. This oh, right here, nice. I thought was a five-tool player. I just thought he needed more at bats. His name, Junior Lake. I remember Junior. <laughs> so he actually he actually went to the Orioles, and the and the Cubs had a uh, I think a farm system with their outfielders to the Orioles for a while. But as you can see here, he could hit, he could field. I mean, look at that—the natural. And, you know, it was around 2014, and so no one was really high or on the Cubs. And so, admittedly, I'm not, like, a expert on minor league people. Like, are you guys, like, know the minor league system, like, front and back? Decently, yeah. I wouldn't say I guess, I'm expert. I guess I just had so many disappointments growing up with, like, guys that were touted as, like, the next OVP Hall of Famer, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, uh, it was like, you know, until this current crop of players came through, I'm just like, you know – if they, if they get to us and they stick, then I'll know them. But I'm not going to, like, research it for years. Well, Junior Lake was like – I just understood, like, oh, if he just gets time to develop, he's just going to become this vital star. So I just held on to that. And <laughs> he uh, – it wasn't – I look at his stats now. It wasn't because he didn't get at bats. He just just was a mid-level player at best, you know. And I he just sticks out to me because I just always thought, they're like, oh, well, this is going to be the season he's going to pull together. This is going to be – the year Junior Lake becomes Mike Trout. <laughs> so. Henry, do you have any Junior Lake memories? <laughs> I'm, I'm looking in the memory bank. I'm digging. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. digging hard, and, and I just can't come up with one. I feel like I saw him on SportsCenter a couple of times. I'm curious, Brian, if you know the answer to this. He only played for four years. Did he mm-hmm. get, like, a major injury, or he just never made it back to the majors after age 26? It was just never – he just never made back to the majors after age 26. Well, 278 career on base percentage. Uh, that's that's not going to be 655 OPS. He's hard. <laughs> career negative 0.8 war. So this is one of the things as we transition in the line. <laughs> I, there's two things that I found I really apparently appealed to me, you know, in the last 20 years with role players. One was having a negative war. I just, I guess, have a soft spot for really shitty players. <laughs> You're a good guy. You seem like a good guy. You've yeah. you got a heart. You know? My team's a charity case. Just wait till we get to it. And two is uh, a lot of my guys are in the tribe. They're, they're Italian. Apparently, we're really good at role playing. So... <laughs> 
Okay. Well, you look like Daniel Descalzo, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he did not make my list, but that's another good one. I he, almost made my, he actually almost made my list. He's yeah. currently robbing Chicago right now. I actually liked him as a Cardinal. But I'm anyways, telling you, that's our niche, is we are great, yeah. like, mediocre role players. It's a, that's, that's how Italian <laughs> WBC team just fielded the skin. I'm not saying anything publicly because I don't want to be called a racist three years from now when there's the <laughs> Italian Hall of Famer. You're right, Henry. They showed out, though. They, I think they won a game in the WBC tournament. So They, they played like a group of role players. They did indeed. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's, that's where we – but um, my first is actually Canadian. He's not Italian. And that is – and it's also a little bit cheating, but it's Matt Stairs. Um, oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Another soft spot is fat guys who hit home runs because <laughs> you can only see that in baseball. Uh, you, can't, <laughs> yeah. you don't see fat guys doing flashy things in any of the three major sports, other three major sports. So. This is a good one. But Matt Stairs, for, you know, pretty good career. He was a starter for a little bit, a few years. But for the most part, known for kind of being a role player, I think he had a huge home run maybe for the Phillies. I was just going to say, 2008, he had a home run against the Dodgers. Okay, yeah. I remember that one playoff home run. He had that huge home run, and it was like a bomb. Um, but I always liked following Matt Stairs. I remember his days in Oakland and his days um, – He's know, with the Cubs. He was with the Cubs. Yep, yes, Cubs. So – Matt Stairs played. He started with the Expos. Nice little trivia. If you ever need Matt Stairs trivia, he's with a lot of teams, right? Yeah, I'm counting. Yeah, he was one of those guys that played for half the league and Expos, Red Sox, A's, Cubs, Brewers, Pirates, Royals, Rangers, Tigers, Blue Jays, Phillies, Padres, Nationals. So you know what, though, I'm really launching an investigation right now, um, Dong City FBI investigation about how he did not end up on the Yankees because he's he is a that's quintessential a, yes. Yankee. How, and with that short port, how did he not become a, a late season addition? You know, one name, Jason Giambi. Yeah, they're shaped exactly. They're both shaped like toasters. It's perfect. <laughs> but yeah, there's yeah. Canadian, I think, right? You had the yeah. more expensive mass stairs with, me, with Giambi. You did, you did. <laughs> I was going to say, we traded, we could have had stairs at like age 41, which would have fit a narrative too, but instead we went for like $180 million, which fits the other narrative when we got Giambi. So, that's <laughs> hey, real, real quick, you know when you said like age 41, I, know, I don't remember ever hearing age 41 season until the last five years, like watching uh, MLB Network. Like, I watched yeah. baseball when I grew up a lot. I never heard the age, like, age 41 season until yeah, way recently. More. Just the verbiage is crazy how it changes, you know? It's true. Stairs um, hit his last home run at the age of 42, played until he was 43. So, there you go. He also played uh, 20 years, which I never would have guessed. Well, when you pinch hit the last six, probably, you're, it's easy to stay in the league. Yeah. He, uh, he had, like, a career 300 at-bats the four, last four seasons combined, so not a lot of him left. But uh, right. my first guy, Matt Stairs. Uh, Henry, why don't we start us off again? So I'm going to go with a Yankee, um, a, a guy that everyone um, had big moments in the playoffs. I think he's managing the Trenton team. Um, Luis Soho, man. Is he man? I'll be so excited if he is. I had no idea. He's managing the Trenton team. Um, another short, round guy. <laughs> very, well, very good defensive player, by the way. Um, he was, yeah. 
He picked it. He didn't have the greatest range, but he picked it, man. He picked everything that came his way. Um, had a lot of good postseason moments, so he's on my team. Luis Soho. I'm going to go to you first, Brian, on Soho, because I have my own thoughts on him, obviously. But uh, what what are your thoughts on Luis Soho? I mean, I, I you know, I, he's the guy that, you know, I remember he had a big hit for the Yankees, and it just fed into my narrative that I formed, you know, is – the Yankees have guys that have maybe one swing left <laughs> and, and wins them a World Series, you know. And Luis Soho looking at him, it's just like that dude, you couldn't pick him up off the street of look, having the bat speed to be able to, to get base hits, let alone World Series base hits and back-to-back World Series. Yeah. Because I just watched a video the other day where he, uh, he helped the Giants maybe? Somebody a couple years after the Yankees. And I'm just like, how did this dude do this? Like, it just doesn't – it makes you – I mean, I don't know. I'd rather have a Jeter or a, or a Gary Sheffield beat me than Luis Soho, you know? Yeah, no, <laughs> like, totally fair. He had a pretty cool career. I think he played on three World Baseball Classics. Yeah. Four? I don't know. It's. I think he coached, like, the Spanish national team or something, he too. coached the – I think it was the Venezuelan Caribbean World Series team. Yeah, well, he's Venezuelan, so that makes sense. He also coached, wasn't he the manager of the Venezuelan team in WBC? I think, yeah, that's what I mean. I think he, I mean, um, those guys stay around for it. I mean, once you, these guys that put in, what, how many years did he put in the league? Ten? I was going to say, if you had to guess, how many years would you think Luis Soho played? I'm going to guess 11. Henry, do you have a guess? I think more than that. Yeah, yeah. So he technically played 14, but he didn't actually play in 2002. So 13 seasons. Um, okay. What was his peak year? What was the, if you look at what was his peak year of like highest batting average? So this is my narrative on Luis O. He's he's the perfect guy for this list because as Yankee fans, Henry and I only remember great moments from Luis Soho. Yep. Play shortstop. He had no business playing shortstop. He had clutch hit. He like helped win us a few World Series. Now you look at his career stats. 297 on base percentage. He had a four war in his career. And his best season, just quickly glancing, he never hit more than seven home runs in a season. And his best year was probably with the California Angels, maybe. No. I think 2000. He had an OPS of 760. Yes, yes, 94 with Seattle in the strike short year is 277, 308, and he had a 731 OPS. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he had a 751 OPS in 95. So, like, yeah, he, he's had a few. He 747 in 2000. So, right around there. He never was an 800 OPS guy. He never hit 10 home runs in the season. He wasn't in steel bases. He never had an on-base percentage above 355 or 355. But we only remember great things. <laughs> so, uh, and he didn't make the majors till he's 25. Yeah, he only has over 300 at-bats in three of the seasons, which is crazy. Yeah, it is. He, I mean, that's a guy who was groomed for a role-player role, and he just lived, and he made a great career out of it in terms of just hanging around in the majors for more than the day. Hey, clubhouse guy. Yeah. Big clubhouse guy, right? right? <laughs> so, yeah, good good choice there. Uh, Brian, who's your next guy? All right. It's one of my favorite names in baseball history. Oh, no. So, Like oh, sorry. I, I have all these videos pulled up, and then you know what happens. It's yeah, everything video. craps out. 
Yeah, there you go. His name? Willie Moe. <laughs> Willie Moe. Oh, yeah. Willie Moe Pena. Um, so, you know, as you can tell, I'm an NL Central guy. And uh, I had a friend who kind of followed King Griffey Jr. around. And uh, so he became a huge Reds fan when he signed. And I, this guy was touted as the next Babe Ruth with, from my friend. And it's one of those things where, I mean, he did mess the Cubs day up a couple times, but any, he, he just had like no real other skill set other than just hitting tanks every once in a while. <laughs> and uh, I mean, he did play for the Reds and the D backs. Uh, so, I mean, he was useful. He actually went up to Japan and hit like a 550 foot home run. He's he, I think he set some records over there. Um, you're seem to be the stat person. Can you, Look up his stats to see what what, what Willie Bowes just his MLB stats. Yeah, so he hit. He ended up hitting eighty four home runs. Uh, he's a two fifty three oh three guy seven seven forty eight OPS. I'm with you though. He was he had a, he was a huge prospect. I remember that, and yeah. he had like freak show power. Right. And, yeah. And that was right around the time Great American Ballpark opened up, and he would hit like dead center batter's eye yeah when he, when he was 22 in 2004 he hit uh 26 home runs 259 316 the average 843 ops that was probably his best year yeah. that was probably his best year mm-hmm. this, this is where i wish Statcast was around because he's a guy that i want to see like exit velo on yeah. Oh, yeah yeah as you know he's just smashing it this is again revisionist history I remember his one year in Boston where that was like a fair, like I think people thought he was going to have a future there and he only had 156 at bats and hit five home runs for the Red Sox. But I remember that year, like Willie Moe hit like 18 or 20 home runs and was like a big cog on that team. And he was, <laughs> and he actually put up a one war in 89, 84 games. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's see. Yeah. Oh, Oh, he, he joins the list, though, career negative war, negative 1.2, I'm guessing, for his defense. So, no, admittedly, I'm not a big no, advanced no. stats guy, but when, you, when we talked about this, I was like, I already knew who my, some of my favorite players probably were on this list <laughs> like, of, mm-hmm. of negative war. And she's using fan graphs or baseball reference? Baseball reference. Yeah, he, I'm has, all- he has a 0.4 war on uh, fan graphs. Really? I think baseball reference weights base running a little more, so that would explain it. Okay. I thought it was the other way around. That makes more. I was going to say why they – because Fangraphs is what, more defense-oriented? Yeah. Yeah. Reference emphasizes a little more on the base running, so. Okay. So pretty big fluctuation. That's like almost a two-word difference in terms of his base running. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's like Brian said it perfectly. He literally existed just to hit far home runs. Not good at (laughs) Else, yeah. the guy that. we want to see in the derby and nothing else. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's something like MLB. That's a good marketing opportunity. Take those have, dudes and just have them. The home run derby? What's that? Did he ever participate? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I don't think he's probably good enough. Like I mean, like I think I, I think if he played in this in this era, he would have been like Schwarber a little bit. You know, like just hit tanks and he would have been recognized for hitting tanks. So he probably would have been the home run derby and maybe won. But Schwarber with no athleticism. That, right. That would be really but, good. And you know what? Like, that would be a great – I feel like they do this in Asia and they don't do it here. They should have guys like Willie Moe or, like, Jack Cust, who's not on my list but should be back in the day, 
just guys who suck at everything except hitting far home runs and just have them do the home run derby, then no one's going to get injured and you still get to see extremely far dogs. Yeah, I'm with it. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know about if you guys, if you guys, but I, I just put, do you guys play softball? Yes. Yeah, I do. So I, I, I play softball and I'm literally, I, I have, I'm 31 years old with one and a half ankles. <laughs> and it's like, all I could do is literally just hit lasers. I don't hit like, like home runs, but I'm just, I just hit the ball really hard. Yeah. It's like, don't even do I'm that, like, man, so. I'm that person that like, <laughs> I can't do anything except yeah. just I'm uh, My like solid hit is a like looper over the shortstop for a single. That's like my specialty. It, when I'm, when I'm hitting well, that's what I do. Um, when I'm not hitting well, it's just like a ground out to short. But, oh yeah. I'm a double play candidate. When I'm not hitting the ball, I'll just like, just roll it out to the second baseman because that's where it's going. So I would be curious if Willie, Mo, like this is another thing. A guy like Willie Moe, if I retire from baseball, I'm joining some beer league softball and I'm just right. destroying everyone for the rest and, of my life. And and get paid probably two thousand dollars in a weekend to just rake. Yeah, <laughs> four hundred and fifty foot bombs with a softball. Yeah. Um, which my next guy is my only pitcher and he's the complete opposite of Willie Mopena. And I'm only putting him on this list for Yankee reasons, but he's my only like pure Yankee role player guy. And that is Aaron Small, the infamous <laughs> Aaron Small. Uh, I remember Aaron Small. Here's the greatest thing about Aaron Small. It's even greater than I remember, you know, in my memory. Aaron Small the season before he joined the Yankees, Marlins, he's age 32. He had seven relief appearances, pitched 16 in the third innings. He had a uh, – where did it go? He had an 827 ERA. The, year, the next year he joins the Yankees as a starter. He goes 10-0 and in 76 innings with a 320 ERA in the AL East. And this is in – 2005, so you still have, like, the roided-up Red Sox and everything else in that division. And then the next year with the Yankees, he has 27 innings and gives, and he has an 846 ERA. So his 320-10-0 record, which is what every Yankee fan will, ever, will always remember for the rest of existence, he might be the reason they even made the playoffs that year and won the division, was sandwiched by two 8-plus ERAs. And in 2002, he had a 27 ERA. Granted, that was one-third of an inning. What I want to know is how do you figure it out that quick? How do you figure it out like that and then lose it that quick? Like, Wasn't it 10 wins straight, though? Wasn't it 10 consecutive wins? It might have been. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. But I know he, he went under – it was, like, just the biggest burst of energy in the Yankees. I think, it was, I think it was 10 straight wins. I remember. I think you're right. Crazy. It was like, and it wasn't even, like, that crazy of, like, luck. Because he had 76 innings, 71 hits – yeah. and gave up four home runs. That's it. So it's not even like he, like, outpitched his crazy peripherals. I mean, granted, he only had 37 strikeouts, but back then, that's not that outrageous. He just was, like, great for that year. And to Brian's point, I don't know how you, you, you lose it, you get it, and then you lose it again. Right. Like, I can understand it was, like, a three-game stretch where he dominated and then went back to the five, you know. But this is over a course of – what let's go 180 days maybe something like that like yeah nine like, nine starts he went 10 and 0 figure that one out well yeah he, he had six relief appearances too which i vaguely remember that one thing i was gonna i thought you're one thing i thought you were gonna say about him being like dominant but average is that's what they that's what history says about aaron seeley with the mariners mm -hmm. is that now he was the most like average ace <laughs> yeah yeah that's 100 and some games 
Aaron Small, by the way, also had a complete game shutout that year, which might be just the most random stat. Who was the team? I want to know the team. I want to see how. Yeah, I'd, have to, I'd have to look into that. I would like they should just be. They should have been still getting heckled 15 years later for that. Oh, yeah. yeah. So Aaron Small is my second guy. Brian, who's your next one? Next one. So it's in the same division and the same team because I just this these guys were mashers, but they just could never put it together. Um, and he was a Yankee, so see if you remember this. That swing looks so familiar, too. Was that Chad Curtis? No. Austin Abernathy Kearns. No, I don't oh, Austin Kearns. All right, I remember that, yeah. He was not and one of our finer mid-season actors. No, so, like, as a Cub fan, like, it was kind of those things, like, if he beats us, oh, I'm, like, okay with it because it's, like, he was fun to watch. He was a country boy that could just – he was, like, the white version of William O'Pena, only <laughs> he, he, could, he could just rake. Like, he was just a country strong. And for whatever reason, I just don't think his career ever – I mean, I think he maybe hit 200 home runs, maybe. Looking it up now. If, did he? I, I, but I just don't think, like, he was ever the player that he – 121, okay. So, yeah, I just think he, like, never – became what he was touted to be but he was like that guy that was kind of like fun to watch like he's just good enough to be on a major league roster and he you know, yeah. his talent might be better for today's game because i'm looking like when in 2012 for example his next to last year with the marlins he mm-hmm. in 147 at bats hit four homers but he had a 245 366 split that's not bad <laughs> 733 OP. Like, that's not, like, sure. kicked out of the sure. league bad. Yeah. you have any thoughts on Austin Kearns, Henry? I can't really hear you, would you say? Yeah, I was going to say, what'd you say? I hope that wasn't just me. No, I was um, saying I'm interested to see what his career numbers are against the Yankees because I remember him beating us a few times. Um, yeah, I feel like with the Indians, maybe. For some reason, when I hear him, I also think of uh, Eric Burns. I kind of think they're the same guy. <laughs> I can see that, yeah. Very similar personality. I mean, he had a career 351 on base percentage. It's nothing that – and is it 253, 351, so pretty good eye, which I don't remember at all. No, I mean, right. I remember that team striking out a lot. The Reds were definitely stru- struck out a lot. And, uh, you know, why they, they were – you know, they could hit, but they didn't put together very many wins. And so um, – yeah, I mean, I just I just remember thinking, not that he was going to be Hall of Famer, but I thought he was going to be good for the next 10 years. You know, he just, like I said, 121 home runs is probably not what he was scouted to be. Yeah, seventh overall pick. That, to me, is not meeting expectations. No, no, no. See, I knew he was high. I just yeah. I don't, I couldn't remember. Seventh overall? Yeah, seventh overall, first round. You know what's crazy is he killed the Diamondbacks. I'm looking at his stats against the Diamondbacks. Yeah. 45 games against the Diamondbacks. He had a 1,000 OPS. Wow. Maybe he just like you against that stadium. Like, that's a big sample size. 45 games? That's 179 plate appearances. I don't know. Diamondbacks weren't even that terrible, right? Right. They're- I was going to say, their pitching wasn't exactly – they were probably middle of the road around that time. Yeah, yeah he, he's got a 1,000 – 1.001 OPS. That's uh, that reminds me of a guy. I won't spoil it because next week we're gonna do Yankee Killers. But that reminds me exactly of one of the guys who's definitely gonna be on my list. Where it's like only the Yankees he killed. He sucked against everyone else. Um, similar time period too. 
anyway, my uh, Brian, I'll, I'll uh, or you just shared, right? So Henry, yeah, I just shared. Yeah, Henry, who do you have? Across the pond, across the field. Um, stay in New York, in Queens. This guy, Met fans loved him. If you were a Yankees fan, you followed him because the guy was just really cool. Super Joe McEwing. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So Joe, the little Mac, little yeah, Mac. Joe came up. Uh, yeah, little Mac. That's right. He, he was uh, one of those under six feet baseball players. Uh, he came up in two thousand, right when the Mets were uh, on their way to the World Series. I don't know who they lost against. I can't remember right now. <laughs> But that team had those quirky guys like uh, Timo Perez and uh, Timo Perez. Benny Agbayani. Oh, yeah, the flying Hawaiian. <laughs> but, uh, no, was yeah. that Victorino or Benny Agbayani? No, Benny Agbayani. Yeah. Um, no, you're right. It was Victorino. Yeah, Victor, yeah Victorino's a flying Hawaiian, yeah. yeah. Benny uh, Agbayani was Hawaiian, though. Yo, Joe McEwen had an errorless streak of 230 consecutive games. Wow. That's pretty impressive. He had a 25-game hit streak to start his career, and he was actually fifth in voting for the NL Rookie of the Year with the Cardinals the year before in 1999. And here's a quirky stat. He was on third base when Mark McGuire hit a 70th home run in 98. Really? Yeah, so I'm going to go with Joe McEwing as my number three. Do you, you know where he is now? I do not know. He's coaching somewhere. Yeah. He's a minor league coach somewhere. He's in your neck of the woods. He's uh, he's the what? No, he's a White Sox uh, base coach. I don't know if it's first or third. Interesting. Nice. So I, you know how you go around. This is probably the easiest guy for me. Of what? What's your memories of Joe McEwen? Is what started the Cardinal history of like he could go over four against Kerry Wood. Looked uh, overmatched, over four, all four strikeouts. But then that little snot bag was would hit a double down the line barely against somebody else and then win the Cardinals the game. And you're just like his little tap, his little annoying uh, batting stance. Just like, how does this guy in the majors and how does yeah. he do that? Five foot like, eight. Just piss oh. you off. And he, I mean, great. The Cubs were bad anyways, but at the time it's just like, of course that guy ropes it down the line after he couldn't make contact the first four bats. Anyways, every like, small white guy's dream of a major league career 28th round pick you have zero expectations and he carves out nine years yeah. <laughs> you know and his numbers weren't like that awful that sucks because he well, and you get and you get named little mac on a team with big mac well he just you know? cut off for the pension too that sucks <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah you're right you just missed his 10-5 rights yeah. um actually you know that thing about it i remember seeing him as a coach and i remember thinking like, man joe McEwen's gained some weight yeah, well, like, he was a, like a tiny little guy in the you know when he played, so it doesn't surprise me. He's listed at five ten. That's a joke. I have him at five eight. All right, baseball reference is full of shit in general. I think. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Majority <laughs> of his career with the Mets, Joe McEwing. So this one's going to make Brian either happy or sad. I'm not really sure, but it, there won't be. <laughs> um. My next guy. All right, I guess this is also a specifically chosen because of the Yankees, but the majority of his time was not with the Yankees, and that's Glenn Allen Hill. Also, <laughs> because he ended his career in the 2000s and 2001, um, but his time with the Yankees was exactly 2000. And I only remember him because, A, he went like berserk when he joined the Yankees. He had 16 home runs and 132 at-bats because we acquired him midseason. And two was – 
he had a Nintendo Wii swing before Nintendo Wii existed. <laughs> it was a, it was a, it was a little like little notch swing, and it's like if you play Nintendo Wii, once you get to the harder settings on on Wii Baseball, like if you try and take a full swing, you have no chance. So you have to just kind of flick it. That's what Glen Allen Hill did, and then it would go 470 feet in the steroid era. So that's my, <laughs> it was just fun to watch, and um, and he had that one great run in 2000 of course the Yankees won the World Series that year so you know he was an instrumental part of our last World Series of the dynasty and here he is yeah you know I if you if you asked me I would have said he was like 20 pounds more than that there's that swing <laughs> look where it lands like who does that he hit him across the street with a flick of his wrist so much fun <laughs> sorry I had to I just you know I had to pull it up because you're right. It was very, like – and I, I remember trying to mimic in that in, in wiffle ball, you know, yeah, you that, like, half, like, hit it and stop swinging as soon as you hit it, you know, thinking that would work. But, you know, I wasn't yeah. it up, so it didn't work. <laughs> so he was with the Cubs twice, once in 93-94 and then the three years before you traded him to the Yankees. What, I mean, what were your impressions? Was he – like, is that a guy that Cubs fans remember fondly or no? I mean, it's that moment right there. It's hitting him on the roof. I mean, anytime his, that he comes up in Cubs broadcast, that's immediately what they go to is hitting it on the roof. You know, he was a Rockies first base coach for a while, I think. So he would uh, – every time the Cubs play the Rockies, that's what they would show. And, you know, he was in – what years were that that he played on the Cubs the second time? The second time was 98 to 2000. Yeah, so that 2000 is probably when, when he hit that home run, I would assume. I, well, he was roided out of his mind. Yeah, it was 5'11", 2000, 5'11", 2000, he hit the home run. And so that's what I remember. And it was, it was, that team just hit a lot of home runs but didn't win a lot. So it was kind of like just how far we could hit it and still yeah. lose by four, you know. So 27 home runs and 300 at-bats between the Cubs and Yankees that year. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, that's not a bad. That's not a bad uh, trip. Yeah. Damn. Uh, Did he ever get popped for Woods officially, or is it just like suspected? Henry, wasn't he on that like? Wasn't he on the list? He wasn't in the Mitchell report. I think he was on that list that leaked, though. No, no, right. That's what I'm saying. Not the Mitchell report. The yeah, actual yeah, the list. one Ortiz was on and Manny was on. I think he was on that list. The one that everyone forgets Ortiz was on. You mean? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The milkshake list. Uh-huh. Um. <laughs> There's smoothie, whatever teases excuse was. Yeah, so Glenn Allen Hill. And again, if you had if you had just asked me, I would have said he played for the Cubs and Yankees, and that was it. But he actually also played for the Blue Jays, Indians, Giants, Mariners. Oh, I just saw a highlight of him on the Mariners, and I was like, "What? When did yeah, that happen?" I don't remember any of that. What a bad place to go with a half swing and you yeah. know, the Mariners. Like balls yeah. die out there. <laughs> he figured Every it out because he didn't even there. spend a full season there before he got traded back to the Cubs. So. Um, yeah, so that's, that's my guy. Henry, who do you have next? I have a guy that beat the Yankees, and he was a fun guy to watch, another small guy. Um, personally, I'll remember him for the same play, the same type of play. He had two of them in his career that were just awesome. I'm going to go with Tony Womack. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I have a funny story with Tony Womack. but I, I don't know if you guys remember Tony Womack hit – a grand slam home run on Father's Day, like a couple weeks right after his father passed. I remember the grand slam. I didn't. I didn't remember it was on Father's Day. It was on Father's Day. It was 
right after his dad passed. And as he's hitting the home runs, if you go back and look at the video, I should have pulled it up and shared my screen, but he's actually crying as he's rounding the bases. So that was pretty badass and emotional. Um, and I don't know if any of you guys remember his Inside the Park Grand Slam. No, I feel like Tony Womack has an Inside the Park Grand Slam against, oh, I wrote it down. Is it Detroit? Uh, oh, the Astros. Yeah, all right. Well, now I love him a hundred times more. So. <laughs> he has an Inside the Park Grand Slam. In 1999. I think you know, the, are you pulling up video of that, Brian? Yeah, I am. The, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tony Womack is like Ooh. a poor man. <laughs> is like a poor man's Penny Lofton, and I love those types of players. Just the super fast, like there you go, play the play. black guys. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty close too. Yeah, what was the catcher doing there? Is that Pierzynski? It looks like I don't. No way. No, maybe Chris Byers. The Astros, it wouldn't be Pruszynski. Billy Wagner, maybe. That was off or, Wagner, too, huh? Yeah. That's awesome. So, the, speaking of Tony Womack in that video, I used to love him. And I think it was MVP 2003 or something 2002, like right around then with video games. I, like, loved being Tony Womack. He just would slap the shit out of singles, like, constantly in the video game. But – he was involved in that ninth inning in 2001, Game 7 against the Yankees. And for that, I can't get past it. Like, he'll never, he'll never be the same to me because of that one, like, just being involved. In, in, and I think it was like a double, too. Like, he had the biggest hit. Um, so, that's my one Tony Womack drawback. But otherwise, love So, I was – so, as you could probably assume, I was a huge uh, Diamondbacks fan in 2001 because I wanted to see someone else win the World Series. Of course, yeah. <laughs> Seventh grade me. Um, <laughs> and uh, although looking back, if you ever need a proof that sports isn't rigged, you look at 2001 because the Yankees could easily just won the World Series for the country. of trade 99 so. for 2001. I think that's a universal Yankee fan feeling. Yeah. So, anyways, 2001 completely broke my feelings about everything's being in the stars because if it didn't happen in 2001, it never would. Yeah, nothing. Right. I agree. I agree. I mean, I I didn't think about that in two in 2001 when it happened because Sam Grimmy was watching it in my in my remodeled soon to be remodeled kitchen. I remember on a little you know screen that's tinier than my uh, computer, and you know asking mom and dad if I could stay up late, um, but to watch that, but. Yeah, I agree with you. If it's like if a destiny and all that stuff was meant to be, you know, it doesn't really exist. If it, if it didn't happen that year, like I always tell Vince, that's the only time every fan of every team was probably pulling for the Yankees. Yeah. If I was older, I would have. I would have. I just wasn't old enough to realize that. If I was thirty-one, I would have probably been a Yankee fan. I just wasn't old enough to like encompass that. That's fair. I mean, we, we we still have Mets fans who rooted for the Diamondbacks that year, so try and yeah. figure that one out. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I was going to say, can I, can I tell my Tony Womack story? It's really good. Yeah, yeah, go for it. <laughs> okay, so, you know, start this whole being famous. You know, someday you guys are going to go to the Yankee Stadium and be like, meet Shane Spencer, and you're going to get free drinks, and, you know, and, you're, and Shane Spencer's going to be deemed as a Hall of Famer, you know. So – Tony Womack was with the Cardinals for one year in 2004. And uh, so me and my buddy go to this Cubs – no, it was Astros-Cardinals game. He's a huge uh, Cardinal fan, so we went. And they have this 
um, VIP area where you get free drinks and Tony Womack to sign autographs in the museum. And he comes in and the guy, you know, there's like, oh, well, what do you think about the, this team, that team? And they pretty much asked him about 2001. He just said, oh, you know, we ran into the bu- a bus on named Boston. And then the guy goes, people like Tony Womack is why we have a new Bush stadium. And my friend just the rest of the night was just like, well, thank God for Tony Womack. Otherwise, we wouldn't have a stadium to play in. Fuck Albert Pujols. <laughs> like, look, Jim Evans. <laughs> Tony Womack is the, is the staple of this franchise. <laughs> and I'm just like, it's so funny. Like, it was just, I mean, because, you know, every, every team probably has that event where they, uh, I, don't, I don't know how to say it, stroke it, stroke their old players and be like, yeah. you were the best. You know, yeah. it's like. We're, it was just so funny. Tony, it, yeah, I was like, we specialize in that, so yeah. I think we completely understand. And so it's just because so, he's like, it was so funny. He's like, you probably had 36 at bats, and actually that season he had 36 stolen bases. So I was like, okay, so he did a little bit better than, you know, but it was just like, it was just for that night, man, every Cardinal employee was like, the Tony Womack is here. And I'm just like, I mean, could I get him with a Diamondbacks jersey on? Like, you know. <laughs> so I, uh, my next guy was going to be someone that I considered in the tribe, and now I'm figuring out he's Venezuelan, and uh, I don't think I want to share him now. <laughs> so I'm going to skip right over him. I'll just mention who it was. I've got plenty of guys to go around. But uh, I was going to talk all about Marcus Scudero, but <laughs> – Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, but first of all – I knew he was Venezuelan. Played uh, some more games than I thought. Like he was a starter for a long time, and he's Venezuelan, so now I'm a little upset. Uh, so I'm skipping over him. I did write it down. I won. It's awesome. I do remember, and he was from Brooklyn, which confuses me even more. Like no Venezuelans from Brooklyn. That's he's got to be Italian if he's from Brooklyn. Yeah, that's like a guarantee. And he homered off Mo. That was like he had a walk off off Mo that one time. But anyway, I'm skipping him, so screw him. Now I'm going to uh, David DeLucci, ne- next, on my, <laughs> next on my list. On the diamond, he was on the Diamondback team. Mm-hmm. So DeLucci, interesting story, was drafted, was drafted twice, once by the Twins, once by the Orioles. Um, I don't know the logic behind it because he was the 11th round one year and the 10th round the next, so whatever he was betting on didn't, didn't pan out that great. <laughs> and uh, Halloween birthday, he's from Louisiana, so now I'm kind of skeptical he also is Italian, but I'm like 99% sure on this one. But, um, yeah, David DeLucci, this guy, for whatever reason, and Henry, you can probably vouch for this, when he left the Yankees was 2003, and then he joined Texas for 2005. I remember him murdering the Yankees, and I don't know if that's true. (laughs) I don't think I'd look at him and be like, damn, this guy always kills us. Well, I mean, he was a role player, so it's not like he was like – I think I thought he was a better player than he was at the time. Yeah. Like, you look at him and you're like, oh, fuck, this guy's going to kick our ass. But he really wasn't that good of a player. Yeah, he really wasn't. His best he, – well, so Texas in 2005, he had 29 home runs, pretty legit, and that was only in 435 at-bats. So that was an outlier. But, um, yeah, with the Yankees, he was only with the Yankees for 58 plate appearances in uh, 2003. But um, for whatever reason, I always liked him, and I always remember him just, like, mashing and maybe not being great at anything else. But 773 OPS, so I don't know. My David DeLucci memories just aren't what they used to be, I guess. 
I mean, it's one, like I said, it's one of those guys you have in your brain and you're kind of like, oh, I remember this guy kicking our ass. Um, and then you go back and you look at everything. You're like, well, maybe he didn't, but I remember he did. He probably had like a two home run game against the Yankees once. I was like, that's it. He's a Yankee killer. Uh, he's like- <laughs> there was a guy, do you know who was like that? He kicked our ass, I think, for a series, maybe two series. Aaron Rowan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like Doctor Rowan. He played with the Phillies at the time. Oh yeah. He came into Yankee Stadium. He kicked our ass all weekend on defense. He made two or three diving plays. You know, he smoked everything, and every Yankee fan was like, "We need him in center field. We need him." And I think his career ended up being. <laughs> that sounds. Aaron Rowan actually had a decent career with the Phillies. He made a couple really. Um... It, it's one of those. It's a classic Yankee fan knee jerk reaction. Yeah. They, in the stadium for a couple of days, we want him on our team, you know. <laughs> well, it'd be nice to know that you have that payroll. <laughs> like, we need him. Yeah, we're gonna rent him for a second. Um, anyway, David Delucci, Brian, who you have? Uh, oh, from memory of David Delucci or, or my guy? No, who's your next guy? Unless you have. Oh, him. okay. Um, so I'm not doing this on purpose, but he was a Yankee, or was. <laughs> it's my favorite clip ever. See and charge them out. Oh no. No, you'll see. What the fuck? Oh, there we go. Yeah. This is an NL Central brawl. Yeah, well the, the the replay will do it more justice. I would be curious if the NL Central has the most brawls out of any division. I feel like ninety <laughs> percent of them are the NL Central. I feel like we need a best brawl segment on Dong City. <laughs> yeah, we gotta do the legwork on that. Go. Okay. <laughs> I can't see it that well. Uh, it looks like Sal Fasano, but I know it's not. You don't know who it is? Oh man. All right. Let me introduce you to I knew him as like a guy with three percent body fat, because that's what the the broadcasters always talked about. <laughs> and at the time, 99 miles an hour was fast. Because he's like the only one that could do it. Okay. Kyle Farnsworth. Oh, all right. I, I was looking at the hitter. We all know Farnsworth. I was, I was looking at the hitter, too. Farnsworth. And the thing is, is like what I never – I thought – I mean, he was one of my favorite relief pitchers. Like, if it was if it was socially acceptable to get a relief pitcher, like, jersey or jersey, I would probably would have done it at freshman year in high school. Like, I just – I thought that dude would just threw gas and was amazing. And I never understood how people hit off him. <laughs> yeah, and, and he, he pitched out well in a situation that wasn't a big one. Yeah, he was the definition of underachieving based on his arsenal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was just like, I mean, he bounced around. I mean, he pitched for the Yankees, he pitched for the Cardinals, he pitched for. I mean, he's he lasted a while, but he just was never that guy that you're like, oh, Farms was in the, is in the inning is over. You know, yeah. it's like I, I don't know because the okay. stuff didn't move. I don't know what, but. I mean, he was on a staff where the Cubs set the major league record for strikeouts in a season like two or three years in a row, and he was a part of that. But I just – I still don't understand how someone could throw that fast and just get absolutely lit up. It just – it'll never make sense to me, and he was the definition of that. If I recall, he also named his son Stone. <laughs> yeah. So I think. that kind of sums up Kyle Farnsworth for me. <laughs> well, looking at him – like at least when it was a couple, he was like that. Like Cal- I don't know where he's from, but he kind of had that like California hair, hip hipster look to him, mm-hmm. and that would make sense. 
I mean, yeah, that's I, not how we saw him. We saw him nice and tight. You know, this this wouldn't fly <laughs> if he was on the Yankees. But uh, yeah, that's what threw me off. He's from Kansas, which I never would. I was with you. No, I never would have guessed that. I mean, I thought for sure he was from like Southern California. Or right. Yes. Thank you. So that wasn't a that wasn't a stretch, man. Uh uh-uh. uh Well, so he and he was drafted in, from Georgia. So I guess he grew up in Georgia and was born in Kansas. But um, yeah, career four twenty six ERA, and with the four thirty six and four eighty in those two seasons, he used to drive us crazy. Well, he drove us. I mean, especially in that 03 season, like he could have got. Like against the Marlins, he could have stopped the bleeding, but straight yeah. fastballs to Mark Redmond, and he's going to get – he got punished. Yeah, God, what an asshole. And I loved him. I just – it was just so frustrating. I just, it's kind of one of those things like I, just, I thought he was just going to figure it out. I'm going to have that season where he had like a 1-5 ERA or something, you know. But Just the Daniel Cabrera of relievers. <laughs> yeah. Everyone was like, this dude's going to like win an award one day because of his arsenal, and he just never, ever figured it out. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Henry, who you have? Following guys that look like Tony Womack, I'm going to go with a guy that actually had a much better career than I thought, just by going off his name and then you dig in the numbers. Sean Figgins. Uh, oh, yeah. Figgins. I wanted him to be a Cubs so bad at one point. I'm, really I'm so glad we didn't get him. Him, man. I was a fan of Sean Figgins. I enjoyed watching him play against the Yankees. And then I did I some did. digging. He had a 22.2 career war. Yeah, he was a what? starter, I think, most of the time, right? What? What, uh, 10, 14 of that war came in three seasons consecutively. Wow. I don't know what that could have been. Yeah. <laughs> but it, in 2007, he had a four war. 2008, he had a 3.3 war. And 2009, he had a 6.6. That's like MVP caliber. <laughs> yeah. Um. Before that, he had a 3.5 in 2004, and everything else was kind of like 1.3. Then 2011 with the Mariners, negative 1.1, negative 0.9. So I'm not saying he did anything, but... He probably did. He was very much of those angels teams that used to just routinely just kick our ass constantly. You know what's crazy? He has... In 2007, he only played 115 games and still got a four war. So here's my fun fact about Sean Figgins, besides him having his name spelled in just the weirdest way possible, is in 2007, when A-Rod opted out during the World Series, of course, um, I wrote an article because at that point I was like midway through college. I think I was a sophomore in college. I wrote an article demanding that the Yankees let A-Rod walk and use that $30 million or whatever it's going to be to sign three different guys. And one of those three different guys was at third base with Sean Figgins. <laughs> That's how much I loved Sean Figgins back then. You know what? I think at the time I would have agreed with you because I think we had need for him. We could have moved him and he played multiple positions. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was about it too. I thought he was like a type like one A to Juan Pierre, you know. He's a speed guy. He played a few positions. He mm. was pesky. He made contact a lot. Like we ended up getting Johnny Damon, which I guess was their answer to that. But um, yeah, I mean, I wanted Figgins and like two other guys. It's like why put all the money in A Rod? And 
even now you can kind of question whether it was worth it, but they did win the World Series on A-Rod's back, so. And, and in 2010, he went from a 6.6 war to a 1.3. <laughs> yeah, if Figgins fell off real quick, I think that's where I lose the argument. Is Had Figgins well, gracefully aged, I could probably still argue it. Not really anymore. Well, and what happened was, in, in my memory at least, he got that contract, and that's when he fell off. I think it was Seattle. And yeah. That's when he, because, like, I was like, darn, like, and, he, I, and, and I think and maybe because and I thought maybe his skill set would would age decent. You know, if, he, if he's a slap hitter guy, he at least he might not steal many bases, but he's still gonna get on base. Yeah, but that's in 161 games, by the way. He only missed one game. Wow. So I think the general consensus is the Mariners ruin baseball and everything they touch. Have they ever handed out a good contract, like a good long-term contract? Maybe Ichiro. <laughs> yeah. Ichiro. I, uh, that was on the cheap. Yeah, I feel like every time they sign someone to big money, they just immediately – it's not even like – it's slowly, like immediately their career just falls off. Well, I could have predicted that about it, Robinson Cano. I knew – you're oh, just chasing yeah. money. I mean – Yeah, I mean, he actually put in a few years probably more than I thought he would at the level he did, but – He had a few good seasons with Seattle. Yeah, but – um. So my next guy is, I guess now the theme is Venezuelans. I didn't realize any of these guys were Venezuelan. I didn't think this guy was Italian, but he is Venezuelan. Um, and I also lied about one Yankee connection guy because this guy is definitely Yankee connected, and that's Miguel Cairo. So, oh, hey. Yeah. He was, a, he was a Cardinal and a Cub, and I, I loved – I mean, he was, he was kind of one of those uh, – kind of like a drug Luis Soho 2.0. Yeah, so Miguel Cairo, yeah, he was all around the NL Central. Three different Hold NL Centrals. You played for the Yankees and Mets, huh? You thought he was Italian? No, 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 I'm saying I didn't think he was Italian, but I didn't know he was Venezuelan also. So, Miguel Cairo, my one memory that will live with me forever, and Henry, you might be able to guess it within two guesses. It is not a big playoff moment. It is not any sort of home run, obviously, but it is the game you were at, Henry, July 1st, 2004. He hits – what's that? Yeah, the Jeter flip game. Two outs uh, in that inning. No one on base. I think Ruben Sierra hit a single up the middle to keep the game down a run. And then McGill Cairo – Hits the game-tying triple, I want to say, in the ninth inning. Yankees go into extra innings. Manny Ramirez hits a home run. Um, And then John Flaherty ends up winning at the bottom half of that inning with the walk-off. I guess it was a single, but it would have been more than that. Yep. So that's my Miguel Cairo memory. But he was one of – he was, yes, Luis Soho of the 21st century. He was just a pesky guy, played every position, never struck out ever. And um, and he only played with the Yankees for two years, but it seemed like ten. So. I don't remember any more exactly. I just know between all the NL Central teams, he had a lot of like late inning see through singles in the eighth inning for to some for some team to get a uh, a. Uh, of the lead with the Cubs and the Cardinals. So I, I'm telling you, he was literally Luis Soho 2.0. Yeah, he is. Yeah, only right-handed. <laughs> with a better glove. Because Cairo was actually pretty good defensively. Yeah, he might have paved the way for someone who might be on your list, Henry. So I don't say anything else. But uh, So that's my guy, Miguel Cairo. Henry, let's go to you next. Who do you have next? So I'm, I, there's a couple guys I'm, I'm 
debating going with, but I, I can't not this guy off the list. Brandy's going to love it. Some guy will love it. Uh, Vince will hate it. Going right to him, huh? I'm going right to him. And that's Ronald Torres, man. <laughs> big, big I, heard, toe. I heard this is going to be on the list. I heard. Big toe. The Tonight Show. Everything about Ronald Torres um, off the field in the dugout, man. That's just a super glue guy. Um, fans loved him. His teammates loved him. Everything he did was just, you know, he's a guy that just gelled well with everyone. Mm-hmm. But you put him at any position and he's playing well that night. Um, I know Vince hates him. <laughs> but I negative two point two war for the record. No, he's at no, he's more than that. You know, I'm embarrassed to say this. I get him and uh Glebro Torres confused. Don't like don't know. And I don't know why. I just for a while I wasn't sure which one came from the Cubs. <laughs> Torres and Torres. I mean, I get it. One's talented. The other one's real wars one point eight Vince. Not on mine. I'm going with baseball reference on this one. <laughs> Negative point two. That's <laughs> uh career two thirty-five on base percentage for the record. Well, I, I, that was last year. No, you're right. It's one point one. I was reading wrong. His heart is a seven hundred ba- on base percentage, though. That's his heart. Right. Yeah. Right, when you get a chance, you'll go on YouTube and you'll see videos. Um him and Aaron Judge had a, a fake uh, tonight that show. Good. It's called the to- the Toe Night Show, and Judge would pick him up on his uh on his shoulder, and, and he would pretend he had a, a, a camera. It was pretty cool. That's hilarious. <laughs> he, was, he was definitely a, g- a good blue guy, but I think Yankee fans uh, got a little carried away with how important he was, considering he has a career three hundred eight on base percentage. Did a preschool blow up at somebody's house? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hear squeaky toys. Oh, Baez has a squeaky toy. So, oh, that's what that is. Uh, yeah, by his Brian Boobs is squeaking. I <laughs> know. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm trying to toss it away, but he's you know trying to get some songs. Daycare sent in his house. <laughs> yeah. Hey, work from home, wife. You know, it happens. There you go. All right. Um, uh, moving right past Ronald Torres. <laughs> Brian, who do you have? <laughs> okay. So, there's a couple reasons for this guy. One, because his lack of hitting, but also he, he was just like a, a, a good personality, it seemed like. And he's, and I don't mean to do this, but he was a Yankee too at some point. Brendan Ryan. Oh my now, gosh. Now, why Brendan? Now, part of it is like, you know, in my circle of baseball friends, like Brendan Ryan ended up being like a joke with us because he could, the joke was that if, if, if Brendan Ryan could be in the majors, you could do anything because he could not hit worth the crap. Like, I think his first season in the league, he had like 282 or something like that in his rookie year, like 279. Yeah. Yeah. So he was like, okay, this guy could be like a 300 hitter. And then once the league figured him out or whatever happened, it just dropped. <laughs> and uh, so, so the joke was with my friend, we went to Vegas and my friend had not ever flown before. So he was freaking out. Usually a calm, cool, collective guy. And literally, I told him, I was like, if Brendan Ryan could fly from city to city, so can you. <laughs> and and uh, it ended up being a long joke about that. And it just – I mean, just watching him, it was almost like the one that – like, if I was room for the Cardinals, it's like you hate him, but then you love him at the same time, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, he had a – Love him if he's yours. Well, well, we had him – the Cubs had him for a day. I was thrilled. I was about to get my Brendan Ryan jersey. And then he was part of a trade with Global, Global actually. And uh, hold on. 
Yeah, and, um, he did not register in that bat with the Cubs. Oh, um, not. No, he he didn't play. He we had him for a day in the off season. After the we yeah. traded back um, Adam, uh, the relief pitcher that that didn't like being on the Cubs. He likes being on the Yankees. Uh, Adam something. Warren. Yeah, Adam Warren. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> another Brendan Ryan story. What's his WAR? Can you look that up? Because I know he was a whiz defensively. He just he, he fell off. Eight an eight point seven WAR. Wow, it's about fifteen point one. Really? Yeah. Like How are you guys that much? Di- I I didn't I didn't think the war was that much different of a stat. How could it be that much different on a website? It could be that much different. He only had sixteen stolen, sixty-seven stolen bases too. Uh, yeah, sixty-seven. I have eight point seven war for him. Yeah, fifteen point one. That's weird. That is, I mean, that's like twice. Yeah, that um, and then like it was fun because he would like route his stash in the summer, and then he ever, ever like make fun of him because he looks like a porn star, you yeah. know. Oh, and yeah, then, um, mustache. Yeah, he was, like, bald except the mustache. And then um, they did an interview with him in the dugout once where he had him mic'd up. And I, I don't know who it was, but somebody in the AL scored, uh, like, 20, 15 or 20 runs in the first inning. And uh, Brendan Ryan, they're at Wrigley. And uh, Brendan Ryan's like, did they run out of fives? Like, why is it the five and the one or whatever the case was? But I just thought it was hilarious. He just, like, genuinely was asking, like, did they did they run out of numbers on the scoreboard so they had to add it up? Like, why would they do that? It was just so funny to me. And uh, so I don't know he just he had a lot of little quotes that I saw when he was with the Cardinals that just seemed like he was a, a, a fun guy, but also you know completely one side of the ball. You know, like like a William Opeña only defensively. Yeah. Here's uh to wrap up Brendan Ryan. Here's his last seven years by batting average in the majors. 194, 197, 192, 220, 167, 229, 077. That's bad. I mean, what did you think about him as a Yankee? I mean, he, I don't, I mean, I don't have fond memories of him. Uh, He picked everything, but he couldn't hit for shit. Yeah. Because I feel like he'd be, he'd be on like sports center top plays at least once a week. Yeah. He picked everything. Everything he picked, everything he played sec, uh, short and third primarily with us, I believe. But he couldn't hit for shit. Yeah, I was definitely looking for an upgrade by the time he left. If you don't hit here, we let you know. <laughs> yeah. Um. So moving on to my next guy, who <clears throat> is from Long Island, and name ends Navelle, so I'm taking credit for this guy, uh, Tony Graffinino. <laughs> Which again, the Hawk Harrelson loved him. <laughs> yeah, well, other other part of the uh, other, he's from the he's a Southsider. He was um, with the White Sox for four years. Never played with the Yankees, so no Yankee connection. But Tony Gravino was uh, just two sixty five, three thirty five. I mean, seven twenty nine OPS. Nothing great, but he played for twelve years, and I just recall him. Always like getting a hit. (laughs) He wasn't like that, but that's how I remember him. And I do remember that one year with Boston. Boston in 2005 was so weird. They had uh, Willie Moe, Tony Graffinino, Mark (laughs) Loretta. They had like all all these guys who were like just cussed players by then. Uh, And they still managed to make it all the way to the first round of the playoffs. So, but yeah, Tony Graffinino is my next guy. And um, yeah, New Yorker. Never made his way to the Yankees, so what are you going to do? 
You said he doesn't have a Yankee connection, but I'm sure there's somewhere. Every baseball player, there's like six degrees of separation when it comes to the Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> I, know. I didn't realize how many Yankee connections I, I picked. Like, these are guys I legit yeah. like talked about he, over the years. And That's why the Mitchell report cracks me up. Like, the most Yankees were on it. I'm like, well, the Yankees have had every player in the majors at some point on their team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a guy that, like, played a half a season for the Yankees, but when they're talking about him, his, you know, picture with the Yankees. Logo. Yeah, that's the – yeah, like, uh, you, you know what's a great example of that? When Esteban Loaiza got arrested for being uh-huh. a drug mule, he had a Yankee picture. <laughs> he was there for, like, a year. <laughs> right. He, I think he was a white sock. Yeah, like. for most of his career. But for some reason, when that news report came out, he was wearing a Yankee hat. Maybe if the Yankees are, like, the MLB's version of, like, once you get the tour of a of – a, I'm going to say like an amusement park or a museum, you get to go to the special area that everyone gets to visit at least once. I was like, maybe that's about you. you get to, you get to uh, your complimentary contract to get to wear the Yankee uniform once. <laughs> so you can yeah. tell your kids that you wore the Yankee uniform. Pretty much. Yeah. So that's, that's my guy, Henry. Who do you, I think this is our sixth, by the way. So we have one more after this, but Henry, who do you have next? There was a couple guys I was playing with because my seventh one, I think, is a guy that everyone loved and respected. So he was going to be my last guy no matter what. Um, number six, I, I, you know what, this guy just, everyone became a fan of his this postseason. He was the NLCS MVP. He did nothing but rake all postseason. Really? Um, he had a very decent career, and I'm going with Javi Kendrick. Yep. And uh, I have a feeling we'll be talking about him next week, too. But, um, yeah, yeah Howie, that's a good pick. Howie Kendrick, man, he, he had a nice – solid career um then he just you know turned into a nice role player he accepted his role and i think he's 36 37 years old he turned that into a nice little six and a half million dollar payday for the 2020 season if we have one mm-hmm. yeah howie kendrick uh you know I, so. the nationals don't win that world series without him just oh they don't you're right from the wild card game to the the nlcs to his world series hit they don't win the World Series. I feel like that's how the Giants won. I mean, besides great pitching, that's how the Giants won those three World Series, which is getting guys like Howie Kendrick, who just hit in big spots. All Marco Scudero example. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, they just like they lived off of getting those guys who were just unheralded, and then they hit 440 for a postseason series, and they alternated. Like when one guy would get cold, the next guy would hit 440 instead. Anytime. Kendrick came up this postseason. There was like he's he's getting hit. He's you know, and he got big hits, man. That that uh, grand slam was huge in NLCS to kill the Dodgers. So yeah, Kendrick deserved that and much more. Yeah, good pick, Brian. Who do you have? All right, so I have a another Cub, but he played for the Orioles, the Cardinals, the Blue Jays, where he kind of had a resurgence. And ESPN even did a little article on him about how is this guy still in the league. But Corey Patterson. Okay. Yeah. So he was my first, like, um, in the Cubs system of, like, five-tool player. Like, he was a rich man's junior leg. Like, you know, in terms of, like, expectations. Like, and think about it. Like, and you, I mean, I'm sure you guys follow the Cubs. Like, we're supposed to have – Chris Bryce supposed to have it figured out by now all the way because he's, you know, been in the league for three years. Mm-hmm. We gave Corey Patterson a good five years. No, no, no. I'm just saying when they struggle, we're like, damn, remember in the first, you know, early 2000s, 
we wanted we gave we gave uh Corey Patterson half a decade to figure it out like yeah. oh well he's just tired this year oh well this year it's just adjustments well then this year it's it just all these things are given he just he uh he was having a hell of a season in 2003 then he tore his ACL at first base um against the Cardinals but after that um what kind of made I, I forgot if it was after that or before but you know your big prospect is up and he got sent to triple a and so I just remember my friends always called him triple a for ever since then they like Corey Patterson triple a and so it's kind of he was kind of those guys like he was kind of bitter I mean at least in the articles that I read like he was kind of sour with the Cubs he didn't think he should be sent down and I guess he never really recovered from that attitude mm -hmm. but he he ended up going to uh Toronto and had a hell of a career there and what kind of the injustices in baseball he has a world series from with the Cardinals because <laughs> he played like two weeks in 2011 I don't remember that at all so <laughs> yeah that's a good it's one. one of the greatest injustices ever you know Corey Patterson with a ring and yeah. now he's a you can hey if you want a cameo you can get a Corey Patterson cameo for 45 dollars no, well, he's a he's a coach for an independent league up by uh, you guys, Rhode Island, <laughs> Rhode Island Ducks or something like that. It's called. Yeah, I'm looking at his stats. 2003. That's when he got hurt, I believe, because he only. Yeah, yeah, that's no. I remember I watched one night game. I was like, no. It makes yeah. you wonder how how different that whole season would have been if if, if, if we if we. Here's the thing. He went. He had a two and a half WAR, so he was on his way to a hell of a season. The very next year, he had a five WAR. He did have a good season after that. And then he just disappeared. Yeah, he just – yeah. How many years did he play with the Cubs after 04? Uh, 2005, and that's it. Yeah, so – but he was – yeah, he, and, and some of it, you know, ACL injury or not, but he just – yeah. I mean, he had his moments. I mean, he I think opening day, maybe 04, maybe 05 against Tom Glavin. He had like seven RBIs and two home runs. I mean, he had his moments, but he just – and I was always kind of like, I feel like an NL Central, like, memorable bust. Like, yeah, he made his money, but – and he what, probably had 100 home runs, maybe 120. No, maybe 120, maybe 80, 80, 90 home runs. Uh, 118, not bad. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I, it, just, it just – he was just supposed to be, like, the cornerstone of the franchise, and it just never really played out, you know? Yeah. Brian, let's finish up with your your last guy while we're, while we're on the subject. Last guy. Yep. All right. So this guy is, how do I say it? He's, he, he was with the Diamondbacks and then the Toronto Blue Jays, but he was known for being a dysfunctional clubhouse with, with Shea Hillebrand. Perfect. And he, uh, he, um, <laughs> he wrote on the board, this is a sinking ship. <laughs> I, I think I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he just, I, I remember like, he, he, had, he had decent power and a decent glove, but he was just like a guy that I just remember thinking like, he's just like a guy that like you probably don't like in real life, but he just happens to be able to hit and field. Right. He's probably a huge jerk. And so uh, I just remember Shea Hillman, because I just remember like he, he, he had his good moments, but he just was never, I think his attitude carried him a little bit, you know? So. Yeah. Henry, do you remember Shea at all? I don't have any fond memories of him. I just thought he had a cool name. <laughs> yeah. So uh, can can I have a one guy B? Is uh, Pat Nishak was gonna almost be my other one. Yeah, I was gonna say I've got some some guys on the subject of Shea Hillebrand. So when I was growing up, uh, I grew up in New Jersey, and I grew up a massive Trenton Thunder fan. It was like twenty minutes from my house. 
And Trenton Thunder's first season was Detroit Tigers affiliate. That's where Tony Clark played when he was in the minors before he got. But the next year, they switched over to the Red Sox. So my entire 90s and into the early 2000s when I was living there, rooting for the Thunder double-A team. And then when these guys come up through the Red Sox system and actually make it in the majors, I immediately am hating them in the major league level. (laughs) Right, right. So Hillenbrand fit into that criteria where I rooted for him hardcore when he was in Double A, and he makes the majors. And I'm like, I hate this guy. But I did <laughs> once um, in the minors when I went to one of those games, and he he was signing autographs. So I only thought on Shay Hillenbrand. I agree, as a cool name. I didn't realize he only played seven years. I thought, yeah, for some reason he played like a decade. Um, and that's one of those things like, I think where you know I I'll say I grew up in the sports center era where, you know, all I had was Sports Center, And it's like, I feel like if you saw a guy's highlights four or five times, you thought he was an all-star. When really he just, all that's all he did the four or five times that year was. Yeah, uh, that was it. So yeah. I will uh, I'll finish mine up. Here are my honorable mentions. We don't have to talk about them. I'm just going to throw them out there. Jason Tyner, uh, Joey Gathright, who jumped over a club. Oh, he was a cub. Yep. Uh, Denny Hawking, who my only – excerpt on him is that he was in little big league for a minute in the movie <laughs> and um and then donnie sadler who fits into my shea hillebrand trend i rooted for him hardcore in double a and he was a negative war player in the majors so uh those are the honorable mentions my final guy is actually better than i thought he was and that is also a man assuming is in the tribe and that's frank catalanato who uh was he a lefty did he hit Yes, he hit lefty, yeah. threw righty. He was a uh, first base, second base, left field. Always looked like he had a deer in the headlights. Always looked like he was twelve years old. Fourteen point five WAR, and he was a career uh, three fifty seven on base percentage. So the dude was a professional hitter. He, I was gonna say, I think he had some good years in Toronto. Did he play for Texas too? Yep, eight oh two career OPS. Nothing to sneeze at for a utility guy. But he played with the Tigers, Rangers, Blue Jays. Rangers again, Brewers and Mets for the last two years. And of course with the Mets, he hit 160, 192. So, I can't remember I can't remember what I ate yesterday, but I can remember snapshots of Frank Frank Calinonato. Yeah, you know? that, that was impressive. He had twenty five at bat send his career with the Mets, and you know, that's when you know it's time to hang it up. So that's <laughs> that's Frank Catalonato. Just loved watching him play and he is actually as good as I remember. So I'm proud of that. My one my, my one quick thing about Joey Gath, right, is so I think he was with the Cubs in two thousand six, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe 2009. It was when Lou Pinella was like, it was all kind of coming apart for the Cubs. And uh, they had a big series in St. Louis. And I went to two of the three games, and the Cubs didn't score for like, I think, 18 innings. And like, Joy Gathery was up with the base low with two outs. And he just like, I just knew it was gonna, how it was going to end because he just was overmatched. You know, yeah. I was like, you know, if he could start running first, he's, an, he's a Hall of Famer, but you can't start running first. You got to, <laughs> you got to um, hit the ball first. And it just, I just remember he was with the Cubs when it was like they were hoping his speed would change, but change the game. But it, you got to hit first, and he could not hit. My favorite is when they broke into anything mid-game and they said Joey Gaffrey's name. You knew that play was going to be crazy. Yeah. Well, and he hopped over. He was known for hopping over a car. My buddy was a yes. big guy. YouTube Joey Gaffrey hopping over a car. It's insane. I'm YouTube. actually I'm actually Facebook friends with him, and I asked him that one time. <laughs> yeah. Hey, guess who I'm Facebook friends with? Damon Buford. That's awesome. I remember David Buford. Yeah, he was on Red Sox, wasn't he? Yeah, yes, exactly. Joey. I witnessed, he, he was my first in-person home run, 
And I just followed him on Facebook. I was like, I'm going to add this guy, see what happens. And he sure enough, he had me. And he's into water skiing now. And Yeah, that's you know. a rollback. Yeah, Joey Gathright said at his age now, he cannot jump over a car anymore. In his <laughs> but, uh, jump over a mini. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> uh, so Joey, my only thought on him too is that when he, he came to the Red Sox in 2009, that was like a midseason, like I think even a waiver wire. I don't think they traded for him. I was scared to death. Because Dave Roberts will forever kind of imprint that type of player into my head. Where I'm right. like, fuck, this guy's going to come and make a huge play, steal like two bases in a big game, and I'm going to cry. But it never happened, thankfully. So I was going to say, he's probably going to do it even easier than Dave Roberts. <laughs> he probably do it standing up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was very, very fast. Henry, who, uh, who do you have here to wrap it up? You uh, just said Dave Roberts. Fuck y'all. <laughs> yeah, we almost made it the entire show without name dropping Dave Roberts. Oh man, fuck that guy! That, that's one of the worst moments I've ever felt. Like you knew what was going to happen, and you couldn't do anything to stop it. Everyone on Earth, not just in that stadium, not just watching TV, everyone coming in to steal. Mo can't hold runners. Mo slow to first. He's going to steal this base, and there's nothing we can do about. You know what's so funny? How I remember about that is I was wrapped up in my own drama that year. Oh no, wait, that was 2004, right? That was next year, yeah. No, never mind. I was going to say, I thought it was 03. I was like, I was wrapped up my own draw. I wasn't even paying attention to that series. Never mind. Yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to give my honorable mentions list to three guys. Two of them um, kind of became stars. One just last year. Ben Zobris first. Um, Marwin Gonzalez, man, that guy. Oh, yeah. You know, he's like the super, super utility. And there's a guy who he really only hits, and he hasn't gotten enough love in the game. He just got traded to Tampa Bay, um, Jose Martinez. So, Oh, yeah. He's fun to watch. He's fun to watch. I think Jose Martinez, if he ever got a chance to just hit, will have a hell of a season. I don't know how old he is. I want to say he's in his late 20s already. He, he's 28, 29. He's, he's 28, 29, yeah. Because yeah. I remember I was worried about – I was like, this guy could torment us for the next 10 years. And I was like, oh, wait, he's only 20. He's fine. He's going to drop off soon. <laughs> he's got that – My he's 30, he's done. Final guy, my final guy, who I don't care who you are in baseball, you could just appreciate him, the ageless one that he almost made it to 50 years old. He has the oldest home run, right? I think that's his claim to fame. The oldest home run, the oldest RBI. He has like, there's a bunch of lists that he's the oldest player to to do a few things. Yeah, and he looked like he was 50 from the time he was like 24. (laughs) That guy was fun to watch. Everyone respected him. Um, You know. He just everything. His genes were great. Just that that dude played till he was. Let me see here. Played till he was forty nine. Forty eight. Forty nine. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that'll never happen again. Not for a hitter. No, he managed twenty three years in the game. Twenty five hundred games. He appeared in twenty five hundred games. Almost ten thousand plate appearances. Cal Ripken, did he play in more games than that? Hmm, good question. That's like the ultimate stat padding comparison. <laughs> you know, you know how you said that'll never happen again? I was telling my friends, you know, baseball's really romantic, right? Well, I think one of the things I love is like seeing the Julio Francos or like the Howie Kendricks of like, you know, how he said the guy with one swing left. Yeah. I, I kind of like seeing that stuff, you know? Like, yeah. I, I mean, obviously it's not guaranteed. You can't 
analytics ain't gonna, are going to probably say the guy's going to fail or not produce for you. But when it happens, it's just kind of, it, it's so sweet to see, you know. And yeah, he was like, I wish Bernie Mac never left baseball in Mister Three Thousand and just continued playing. For right, right. Yeah. But now Julio Franco would have been kicked out of the league by 32. Yeah, he would have been out way earlier. Don't, don't bring up that post. That, that post irked me. I couldn't do anything because I'm in Facebook jail, so I couldn't respond. <laughs> I hate that post. That was a stupid post. Um, to answer your question, Cal had 3,001 games. So Cal Ripken played roughly 400-plus games. Okay. Cal still got him, huh? So crazy. Anyway, well, good. This was, <laughs> this was fun. That was Real quick, Felipe is hating in the YouTube comments. He has two, two syringe emojis. So, next to Julio Franco's name. Possibly right, but. <laughs> I'm going to say he did it on Mangu and beer, but. Yeah. That's just a guy who just doesn't know anything else in life except playing baseball, so. Um, right. They told me he had to retire. He's like, what? What do you mean I have to retire? Like, yeah. no more baseball? Yeah. I'm sure he's probably still raking in Venezuela or something. He's playing, I'm sure he's playing some rec league somewhere. <laughs> 60 or however old he is now. You but, know, we talk about William Opeña hitting softballs and just getting drunk. How about Jose Martinez? He, that, guy's got, that guy is a candidate for – he can probably make a few thousand dollars a weekend once his career's over just well, hitting bombs. You saw um, – God, wow. what's his name now? Hold on. Julio Franco <laughs> – is the designated hitter for the Fort Worth Cats. I knew it. I knew it. That's like, um, oh. God, what, Billy Butler, was that his name? Who was? Billy Butler, yeah, Billy Butler from Kansas City. Have you, yeah. Do you ever read what happened to him once he retired? No. Uh, I feel Billy like I've seen on SportsCenter or something. What, what happened? He joined, <laughs> he joined a softball league and just beats the shit out of everyone. He was hitting like, like, 800 and just hitting bombs and they actually like published a story about it and i just could not stop laughing like that's exactly what i would do if i was a retired player i think that's what eric burns did the week he retired is he went straight to softball and just yeah he's like a legend now in softball yeah yeah so anyway thank you uh to both of you for participating Brian, you've got a few things going on, so let's uh, let's let's hear about them real quick. I am a uh, social media entrepreneur. Uh, I run a meme slash community page called Two One Seven Problems. But if you live in the Midwest or experience anywhere that's cold, you can relate to it. Um, it's, so it's called Two One Seven Problems. It has around one hundred and one thousand people. Um, baseball wife hopes to get there one day felipe said <laughs> yeah, one, one day <laughs> yeah one day uh yeah i um yeah so just called two and seven problems on all on all um platforms and just kind of have some fun with it uh some of you guys might not get because it's really really local but it's uh it, it, it's just it's it's a fun unique follow that's what i have to say oh awesome well thank you for joining us we hope to have you again and uh, i think next week we've already decided we're going to do yankee killers uh, all-time Yankee killing teams. That should be good for everyone. Hopefully, we'll be able to go live on Facebook for that. And uh, join tomorrow if you're watching. You want to join in for Total Bases. It's Felipe and Sean's show. They'll be on Fantasy Baseball Oriented. They're on Time Is Not Yet Decided, but they'll be on sometime tomorrow evening. So thank you, everyone, for joining. This has been Dong City, and we will be back next Monday. Bye. Bye.